I stand in awe of trees. I love trees. I stand in awe of trees, and I stand in awe of the one who created trees, who designed all of them. God designed trees to grow strong enough to shelter us and generous enough to feed us, to send roots deep down into the soil and leaves up into the sky to nourish and to be nourished, to change the quality of air and water and soil and our lives, our very lives. Without certain trees, we would miss out on cinnamon, and pineapple upside-down cake. <laughs> and that satisfying crunch of roasted almonds. More than that, if we lose our trees, we lose our lives. Trees and human beings are linked together. God designed trees to give life, to connect, to even communicate with one another to be part of this sustainable planet in a billion ways. Now, many of you know I'm a transplant to Maryland from Southern California, and after all these years in Maryland, I've become accustomed to the green of trees, to this lush, tree-filled scenery. So we must remember that our tree-filled landscape differs greatly from the landscape that surrounded Jesus and his disciples as they walked along the shores of Galilee and the Jordan River, between cities like Jerusalem and Jericho, Bethany, Capernaum, trees were few and far between. In an arid climate, trees offer shade to a weary worker, and they point out water to a sojourner. God designed trees to flourish and to extend their flourishing to the rest of creation, including to us, human beings. And Jesus is referring to two different types of trees this morning as he teaches his followers. We have a mustard tree and a mulberry, two very different trees. The ancient people would have understood that, that they're very very dissimilar, a mustard tree and a mulberry tree. One, the mustard tree, is kind of a shrubby weed. It gives you know, space for some birds and some animals, but human beings at that time did not have a very high regard for the mustard tree. The mulberry tree, on the other hand, was stunning. In the ancient world, it was seen as a sacred and wonderful and symbolic tree. From Japan to the Middle East, the mulberry tree was highly regarded. So why is Jesus using this shrubby weed seed, the smallest version, the teeny tiny, you know, the bottom of your pickle jar, all those little round things at the bottom? Probably mustard seeds, right? Just teeny tiny little things, a dime a dozen, maybe a penny a dozen. Not worth very much. Jesus is using that small little seed of this shrubby, weedy growth and also this elegant, fruitful, prolific tree, the mulberry tree. You know, some of the leaders in Israel back in the day forbid folks from planting a mulberry tree within 50 cubits of your neighbor's cistern 
Because when they drop fruit, they drop a lot of fruit. And you wouldn't want that to fall in your neighbor's cistern. Which maybe gives me the only thing I can think of for a reason as to why you'd want to lift one up by its roots and cast it into the sea. Maybe your neighbor planted their mulberry tree too close to your cistern. And so you've maybe wished it could be lifted up and tossed. But otherwise, I can't think of a reason to do that. And there Jesus and his followers sit, probably under the shade of a mulberry tree, this productive and wonderful tree, as they learn about how to be fruitful in the kingdom. So let's go a little bit deeper, because this whole mustard seed and fruitful tree is a puzzle. The translator of this text had a choice to make. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, could have also been translated as, since you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Doesn't that change it a bit? If is like, I don't know, do I? And since is, oh, I have that much faith. Okay, it's not much. It's a little tiny, shrubby, weedy plant seed. But since I have some, right, it's saying we already have some since. You have this little tiny weedy faith of yours. You can do this incredibly ridiculous thing that nobody would ever do. But you've got that kind of power. Now, his followers are asking for him to increase their faith because Jesus has just taught them in Luke's gospel a very hard thing. He's taught them how often they should forgive. And they think, geez. I don't know if I can do that. That's a lot of forgiving again and again. The same thing over and over by the same person. Oh, I'm sure I don't have enough faith for that. They doubt their own faith, their ability to forgive. And so they ask Jesus, increase our faith. And Jesus responds by saying, you already have this little weedy seed of faith. And that alone can do this ridiculous and powerful thing. Jesus is teaching his disciples and us that people already have the faith that they need, that we need. We already can harness the power of this little faith that's in us already to do wondrous things. God designed human beings to have plentiful and powerful faith. God designed human beings to trust in God. And in trusting in God, we flourish. And we contribute to the flourishing of the world around us. We were designed to do a billion wonderful things as well. To communicate with one another, to care for one another, to grow strong and be productive and generous with our fruit. Now I wonder if you know the root word under the word trust. The word trust is a hard thing to describe. And so some of our ancestors were looking for a word for trust and they used something solid and strong and durable, like tree, to describe it. If you look up the etymology of trust, its roots are in the word tree like a mighty and strong oak. We were designed by God 
like trees were, we were designed to trust God. And yet, so often, we let other things get in the way of that existing trust already in us. One of the many things that get that gets in the way of our trust in God or our knowledge of that trust within us is this notion we sometimes have that we have lost our faith. Sometimes people come to me and say, Dina, I've lost my faith. I'm just not feeling close to God. I've lost my spiritual mojo. I'm not feeling very connected. I'm having trouble praying. I just can't trust in God. I need more faith. And we say, increase our faith to God. Faith, my friends, is not always accompanied by some mountaintop euphoric experience. It's nice when it is, but it's not always that way. Most days, faith is noticing the ordinary ways that God is so very good to us. The everyday occurrences that demonstrate how trustworthy God is. Each ordinary day, bears witness to a sufficient experience of faith. And when we notice it, our faith balloons to fill up our very souls with the light and the power and the strength we know in Christ. So when the waters of our life get really choppy and we are flung overboard, like some of us have actually experienced on a raft in the river, or a kayak, or a canoe. Anybody been thrown overboard? You know that experience of finding yourself quite startled and luckily, you know, head up in the water? In those moments, metaphorically and in reality, we must learn to do the most trusting thing of all, to turn our bodies, ourselves, in the correct direction, feet downriver to protect our beautiful brains from hitting anything too rough. And we float instead of fight, trusting in God to carry us along the choppy current until it settles down, or we get to an edge, or we find our way back to the raft or boat, or to a rope that is being thrown to us. It's important in those life moments when we find ourselves tossed overboard to remember, to remember that we have the knowledge and skill sufficient to the moment. We already have that. That's our mustard seed. We know what to do. We have the faith. We know how to orient ourselves, how to protect our heads, how to go with the river current to reserve our strength and our energy. We know how to do this. So let us give thanks to God for this knowledge, this mustard seed of faith already in us. Let us give thanks to God for the pure gift of faith. And let us do the right thing, the polite thing, the well-mannered thing to do whenever we receive a gift. Let us thank God for it. Let us not deny it and say, give us more. Let us say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, even as we float, feet first toward the safety of this altar, this table, this meal where we gather 
together and say thank you. Thank you to the one in whom we trust. The one who nourishes us. The one who sends us all out to nourish others.